The people that are the most disappointed with God are the people who have never fully surrendered to God himself. They're religious, but they've never fully surrendered to him, but rather they try to manipulate him. God is looking for a people where their hearts are truly, totally surrendered to his lordship. God is not to be a puppet that you can pull his string and he will bless me. But the amazing thing about God is God says, I will bless you. I will bless you. He told the Israelites, he told the Israelites, he told Abraham, I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. Isn't God good? Oh man, God is awesome. As I appreciate the praise team. I want to just share uh, a thing. We're fixing to get into the message and excited about that. And uh, God is just an awesome God. And I learned something this week that no matter where you're at, what you're doing, where you're going, where you're coming from, God has a way of moving and putting you at just the right place at the right time for the right reason and the right purpose. And so Friday, I had uh, this guy's been after me to come and look at something for him and Pontevedra. Now, if you don't know where Pontevedra at, just think of the TPC, think of Sawgrass and, you know, that area. And so Friday, I thought, it's a beautiful day. I'm going to ride my motorcycle down to Pontevedra, look at this thing and, um, and ride back. And uh, I thought I'd be back real early and, you know, and everything. And uh, so I was coming back, went down there, and I was coming back on my motorcycle on A1A. And this guy behind me pulls up on a motorcycle, and, you know, I look back, and I kind of waved at him, you know, and he waved at me and didn't think anything about it, but drove a few more red lights on A1A. And uh, he pulled over into the next lane beside me, and he yells at me. He said, hey, you like tacos? Well, if you know me, I love Mexican food. I said, yeah, I love tacos. You had lunch? I said, nope. He said, well, there's a taco place right up here. And uh, he was trying to tell me how to get there. And I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I'll just follow you. And so we drove to this place called, I think it's Flamingo uh, Iguanas or something like that. It's on Atlantic Beach right there. And uh, and, man, and they do have some great tacos. And we walked in, you know, and I introduced myself, and he introduced himself, you know, to, uh, today. And uh, we said, and he said, well, to tell you the truth, I really wasn't going to stop and eat. I was just going to tell you about the, uh, the taco place. <laughs> he said, but since you said that, you know, I figured oh, I'll stop with him and I'll eat, you know. And uh, anyway, we, had a, we began to talk. I sat there for an hour and a half, and it became a time of ministry. Came a time of ministry. This guy had been through some tough places in his life, had been through some, some heartaches and some brokenness and been through some tough places in his life and uh, just was able to sit there and, you know, we were talking and, and I introduced myself, told him who I was or what my name was. And I said, well, actually, I, uh, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and he said, oh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> And I said, you know, I do electrical work on the side. And he said, oh, I, I didn't know that either, you know. And, and anyway, we got to talking, and they brought the food. He said, do you say grace? And I said, I sure do. And he said, 
well, I'm not really one of those that says grace, so you go ahead. And so I prayed, and, you know, we began to talk, and he began to share his story and began to share some things. And, you know, it was just a great conversation. And at the end of it, I looked over him. We had gone back outside, was headed to the, to our, we was actually at our bikes getting ready to leave. And I said, looked at him, and I said, would it be okay if I pray with you and pray for you? And he said, it sure would be. And I began to pray for him. And God just really just ministered during that time there. And I was not at all expecting anything like that. And I say that because I want you to know God has you exactly where he wants you to be for a purpose and a reason so you can make a difference in someone's life. You might not make a difference in the entire world, but if you make a difference in one person's life, it makes a difference in the world in which we live. And so it was just a great day. I came back and I told Kim, I said, I have to tell you what happened, you know. And, you know, and the guy even bought my meal. He even bought my meal. And I said, no, 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 no. He said, no, I'll buy you a meal today. And I said, no. And, uh, but he did. And I said, well, I'll leave the tip and, uh, and everything. But it was just a great day of ministry. And I want you to know God has you where he wants you to be to minister. And I love that. I'd like for you to turn in your Bible, if you would, to Matthew. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Uh, Wayne, last week, did an awesome job of sharing about uh, the temptation. We're talking about the temptations of Christ. And well, two weeks ago, I started the series and tried to lay a little groundwork on uh, this series of temptation. And, and I, I covet your prayers this morning because I'm going to be honest. I, I have been really struggling um, with what to share and how to share and everything because of everything that's going on in our world. Uh, I have really tried to stay focused and not to get on rabbit trails. And you know what I mean by rabbit trails. Not to get on rabbit trails and, you know, try to stay focused because I, my purpose, and a lot of people say, well, you need to address all of these issues and uh, or certain of these issues and things like that are going on in the world. And to me, my job is not necessarily to address the issues, but to let the Word of God address the issues. And I felt like I need to stay focused on sharing the message of the gospel. And yes, there are issues that need to be addressed, but I believe that God's Word will address every issue in our nation and in our personal lives. And so I've really tried to stay focused on that. And I don't mind discussing it. I don't mind talking about it. I don't mind sharing with you about that. But I'm really trying to stay focused on sharing the gospel and the truth of God's word, which I believe if we really grasp and apply to our lives, it will change the world in which we live. Uh, I really do. But we've been talking the last couple of weeks about temptation. And, of course, the first week we shared three things about temptation. Number one, God never tempts you with evil. God will never tempt you with evil. He will never entice you. He will never entice you to do anything contrary to his word or contrary to the biblical principle that he's laid out. God will never tempt you with evil. And he makes it clear in James 1 and 13, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Now, you got to understand, there's a difference between a temptation and a test. A temptation, 
is to draw you away. It's to draw you away from the biblical principles of God. It's to draw you away from your relationship, from what your purpose is. It's to draw you away. A test is to push you forward. A test is to strengthen you. A test is to build character in your life. And a test is just to push you forward in your relationship with God and in the power of God's service in your life. So we need to understand there is a difference. And there's always, number two, there's always more at risk than one realizes. What's at risk in the moment of temptation is your future and your family. Your future and relationships. That's what's at stake in a temptation. It's just not about self-control. It's not about just falling by the wayside. What's really at stake is your future and your family. And third of all, your faith. Your faith is at stake. You see, a great deal of our ability to overcome temptation is dependent on our confidence that we have in God. You see, temptation is more than just about self-control. Temptation is always a test of your faith. You see, the question before us today is this, and, and before us is, is, can God be trusted? Can God really be trusted? Can he be trusted to meet my needs? Can he really be trusted to meet the needs in my life? Will he really take care of my provision? Will he really take care of my loneliness? Ooh. Will God really take care of my need for companionship? Will God, can God be trusted and will God provide whatever the need is in my life? Natural, legitimate needs that God has given to all of us. Will he help me to really overcome? Can I depend on him to overcome? You see, your confidence or trust in God is what's at risk. Or will I take matters into my own hand, or will I trust God to come through for me? Now, if you look at chapter 4, verse 11, there's something that God did after Jesus had conquered the temptations. After Jesus defeated the enemy. And if you'll notice in verse 11, then the devil left him. Then the devil left him, talking about Jesus. And angels came and attended him. I want that to sink in. In other words, God provided exactly what Jesus needed. When he was hungry, he didn't depend upon himself. He didn't take matters into his own hand. He didn't turn the stone into bread. He trusted God to take care of his need. And the Bible says that when the devil had finished, he left him, and God attended, or the angels ministered to him. They attended his need. Isn't that amazing? God, or Christ trusted God, his heavenly Father, to meet 
is need. Now, this morning, I want us to go a little bit further and look at the second temptation and really see what was behind it. Wayne made a statement last week that was just powerful, that in these three temptations, in these three temptations, I believe he made the statement that all, all of man's temptations are included in this. They're covered in this. Even though we only see three, that all of man's temptations are included in this. And so what I want us to do today is look at the second temptation and really discover what's behind it. What was behind this temptation that Jesus faced? And let's read in Matthew, the fourth chapter, verse 5 through 7. This temptation is very, very clever. Very clever. Then the devil took him to the holy city. And uh, let me, I guess I might help if I turn there. Hush talking and turn. <laughs> Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Now, you got to get a picture of this. Jesus is on the highest point of the temple. Now, this is not Jesus standing up here on stage. This is Jesus standing on the temple, which is probably, I think, is somebody 100 to 150 feet off the ground. He's way up there. If you are the Son of God, notice his words, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. If you are a Christian, if you're really a believer in God, if you really believe in Jesus Christ, if you really believe His Word, then I want to challenge you to do something. I mean, this is what he was doing. He was challenging Jesus Christ to take matters into his own hands and do something. He says, if you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now, what Satan was wanting Jesus to do was become presumptuous. Become presumptuous. Well, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm the son of God. And if I'm the son of God, then I can kind of be presumptuous and presume upon my heavenly father. Now, I don't know if you, your kids ever did this, but have your, ever kid, your kids ever presumed upon you as a father or mother? I... I, I, I have they ever done that? Well, since my dad is who he is, since my dad is who he is, then I can do this and it will be okay. Even though I didn't tell them it was okay, even though I didn't give them permission to do it, even though I didn't say that you're welcome to do this, they presumed since dad was in charge and dad had the authority and dad was, at, you know, because of that, they presumed upon who I was that they could do what they wanted. 
Now, that may not have happened to you, but it did happen to me. It did happen with my kids. And, you know, you know, and I, you know I'm kind of just, I hate to pick on Kelly, but Kelly had this real good friend of hers, and I won't mention her name, but had a real good friend when I was at the campground. And when I lived at the campground and I was over the facility and, and over all that stuff there, they presumed that they could do whatever they wanted to do. My dad's in charge, and her dad was over me in charge, so some of you know who it is. And so they presumed that they could do whatever they wanted to do and get away with it. Now, presumptions, my dad is who he is. Her dad was who he was. And, you know, we can, we, you know, we live here, so we can go wherever we want to go whenever we want to go, even though we're not supposed to be there. Now, the reality is a lot of times we do the same thing with our Heavenly Father. We become presumptuous. Well, since my Father, my Heavenly Father is who He is, since He is God and He is Lord of my life, and after all, He did give the word, He did give the command, He did give the statement that He will command His angels concerning me, and they will lift me up in their hands, and if I strike my foot against a stone, it's not going to hurt. I, in other words, as long as since He is my Heavenly Father, then, then I can do whatever I want to do, and God is going to bless me. God's going to bless my going out and coming in. God's going to bless whatever I'm doing because, after all, I am his child, and after all, he did give the command, he will never leave me, he will never forsake me, he'll be with me to the end of the age, the end of the world, and therefore, I can, I, it's okay, I can do whatever I want. And what happens is we become presumptuous. We presume upon the goodness of God. And when we presume upon the goodness of God, we're actually, what we're asking God to do is we're trying to manipulate God, manipulate God in such a way for our benefit, for my good. Now, I I use this as an example, but let's Let me use this. Have you ever heard it said, you believe in God, so just step out in faith and trust God? You believe in God, just step out in faith and trust God. How many heard that? The only problem with that is that if we're not careful, we'll presume, this can be presumption, if God did not say for you to do it. You see what I'm saying? If God did not say for you to do it, you're being presumption that God is going to protect you and bless you. Now, we do this in ministry if we want to know the truth. 
Instead of hearing from God and following God and doing what God wants us to do, a lot of times we'll get in our flesh. Instead of hearing from God, we'll come up with a great idea. We'll come up with a great plan. We'll come up with a great program. And then we'll say, well, we're going to put this forward. And instead of asking God what he wants us to do, we'll put it. And it sounds good. It looks good. It looks like it will re-benefit. Re, re and we'll ask God to bless what we're doing. And God didn't have anything to do with it. We presume upon God, the goodness of God, and we think that if we do it, we're doing the good thing. And it may be a good thing. It may be a right thing. It may be, it may be you know, a, a nice thing to do. But if God did not tell you to do it, you're presuming that if you do it, God is going to bless you for doing it. Now, I'm not talking about living by the principles of God's word and doing what God says in his word. But don't we do this in our lives as well? Don't we do this in our life as well? We, we, we take on projects that God never told us to take on. We take on jobs that God never told us to take on. We take on little things that God never said anything for us to take on, and yet we do it, and then we presume for God to bless us or bail us out. I'm guilty. I, I'm just going to admit to you, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Because I've done that in my own personal life. I presume, oh, you know, this is a good thing. And, you know, and, 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 and instead of even asking God's permission, even asking God what he wants, I'll just presume that it's a good thing to do. You know, I can earn a little extra money. I can pay off some bills. And, you know, God wants me to get out of debt. God wants me to do this. And, you know, I, I, you know I, and I presume that it's a good thing. And I presume on the goodness of God and ask God to bless it. And then God tells me, I never asked you to do it to start with. And now you want me to bail you out. You want me to get you out of trouble when you're doing your own thing. And we do this in our lives. If we're not careful, we'll get in relationships that God never told us to get into. We'll become in a dating relationship. Well, she's a good person, and, 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 and he's a good person. You know, he loves God. And God never once said for you to get into a relationship with that person. And then when it goes sour, you want God to bail you out. Or you want God to bless something he never endorsed to start with. And you see, what Satan was doing he was trying to get Jesus to presume on the goodness of God. God said, God said that he will command his angels to take care of you, that, that nothing is going to happen to you, and that if you strike your foot against a stone, it's not going to hurt you at all. He's getting you and he was trying to get Jesus to presume upon the goodness of God. And he does that for us today. And then what happens you know, I like that phrase. What happens was, and what happens is when things don't go our way, we get angry at God. Well, you said, you said that you would bless our coming and going. You said that you would take care of us. You said, and, and you're presuming on the goodness of God because God never told you to do it. And then we get angry at God and blame God. In Deuteronomy, the 6th chapter, verse 16, Moses says this. 
He says, do not test the Lord your God as you did in Massa. He was, he was recounting history. He was going back to history and he was talking to the Jews and the Israelites. And he said, don't test God. Well, let's go to Exodus, the 17th chapter. And Exodus, the 17th chapter, is a story. And I want you to notice a story. It's a beautiful story. When the, the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. Now, notice that God commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Now look at all the things that God had done. Look how God had taken care of them, delivered them from the power of, of Pharaoh and the Egyptian army. And how look at all the things that done. And now they're right into they're in the wilderness. They're traveling. And there's nothing to drink. And Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? And why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massa and Meribeth because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, now notice this, is, not, is the Lord among us or not? Tested. We're going to test and see if God is among us. We're going to test him. I mean, he's fire by night, cloud by day. He's done all the things that he's done, and yet they said, we're going to see if God is among us. We're going to test him. They put God to the test. There's only one time in Scripture that you have permission to test God. Only one time. And that's with what? Your tithing. God says, test me and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out on you a blessing that you cannot contain. Test me. Go ahead, test me. But never in any other place did God tell you and I or give us permission to test God. But yet they quarreled among themselves and they tested God Let's really see if he is with us or not. God has given us time after time, promise after promise. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God has given us the promise of provision. 
He's given us the promise of joy and peace, and I could go on and on and on and talk about all the promises of God that he has given to you and I as believers. Yet at times, if we're not careful, we'll try to put God to the test, and we will presume upon the goodness of God and ask God to bless us and do something that he never asked us to do. Bless our going, God, as we go. And God never said, get up and leave. And when things don't work out the way they should, or we think the way they should, and we don't get the blessing that we feel like we should have gotten, we get angry at God and begin to question our faith, our trust. Well, could God really be trusted? Can God really be trusted here? I mean, after all, he didn't do what I asked him to do over there. He didn't do what I asked him to do for that individual. I asked God to change my spouse's, uh, I asked God to change my spouse. I asked God to change this person or that. I asked God and God didn't do, so therefore, can he be trusted? And most of the time, we're presuming upon the goodness of God. And we test him. You see, we are never, never, never to manipulate and taunt God. We are never to try to manipulate God, but we are to cooperate with God. We need to recognize that Satan was trying to get Jesus to presume on God as he does with you and I. And we should never presume upon God, but we should always cooperate with God. And I want to show you something. The people that are the most disappointed with God are the people who have never fully surrendered to God himself. They're religious, but they've never fully surrendered to him, but rather they try to manipulate him. God is looking for a people where their hearts are truly, totally surrendered to his lordship. God is not to be a puppet that you can pull his string and he will bless me. But the amazing thing about God is God says, I will bless you. I will bless you. He told the Israelites, he told the Israelites, he told Abraham, I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. He told the Israelites that they would never be the tail, that they would never be the borrower, that they would, they would, always, be, they would always be the lender, they would always be the giver, that they would always have more than enough, that he would protect them and provide for them, that he would keep them away from sickness. All of these things God promised if they would just obey. If you'll just fully surrender your heart to me. I will provide. And the amazing thing about Jesus is Jesus was tempted to be presumptuous because God never told Jesus to jump off the temple. God never told Jesus to jump off the temple so everyone in the world will know that you're the son of God. Man, what a great testimony. 
What a powerful testimony that would have been for Jesus to jump off the temple. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Jesus jumps off of the temple, which is 100 to 150 feet high, and Jesus jumps off the temple, and all of a sudden, he just kind of floats down, and God's got him in a hand and places him on the ground. Man, do you think in your mind, I'm thinking in my mind, wow, what a great testimony about I am the Son of God. But God never told him to do that. But Satan was trying to presume, get Jesus to presume on the goodness of God. To do something and presume that God will do it, that God will protect him, that God will bless him, that God will, you know, make a great name for him if he'll just do it. When God never said do it. And I have to admit, there are times in my life I presumed. I presumed. I'm guilty. But God is teaching me. God is teaching me, and I pray that He will teach us never presume on the goodness of God to manipulate Him. It's a test of your faith. Are you going to trust Him no matter what? Are you going to trust Him to provide for you? Are you going to trust him to take care of that loneliness in your life? Are you going to trust him to bring the right person along at just the right time? Are you going to trust him with your career? I remember years ago when Chris was in college, and I know this makes me sound bad, but I'm guilty. Chris was in college, he was going to college, and we were talking about his future and what he should major in and what he should do. And I said, son, why don't you consider being a teacher, being a coach, get your teaching degree. About two months into college, he looked at me, I mean, he called me one day, we were talking, I said, well, have you considered... He said, Dad, that's not what God told me to do. God told me to go into pastoral ministry, to major in pastoral ministry. And I said, son, you obey the Lord. But this is what my thinking was. Well, it wouldn't hurt if you got a teaching degree because you may end up pastoring a church where you have to work a job. And if you had some kind of background in teaching, it would be easy for you to get a, maybe a teacher's position. And I told him that. And he said, but God told me to major in pastoral ministries. And I said, okay, you do what God tells you to do. You see, I became presumptuous. God is always taking care of him. And his family, and God will always take care of him and his family as long as they follow and cooperate and obey God. But it was a test of my faith, or more important, it was a test of his faith. It was a test of my faith, and I failed. He didn't, and I thank God for that. I'm being honest and plain with you guys today. Are we truly surrendered? 
to God at a place in our lives that we say, God, I trust you no matter what. My future, my career, relationships, provision, whatever it is, I trust you no matter what. If you look in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, Derek, wherever you're at, if you'll come on up, get ready. If you'll look in Hebrews, the 11th chapter is what is known as the Hall of Faith chapter. And you have people like Abraham and Moses and Gideon and on and on and on and on and on, these people. And if you'll notice these people in the Hall of Faith chapter, they were fully surrendered to God. In fact, they were so surrendered to God that they didn't see the promise that God had given them. They didn't see it in the natural. They didn't see it in the natural, the promise that God had promised them. But they saw it in the spiritual. And they said, God, I trust you. I trust you, though I'm being martyred. I trust you. Though I'm being burned, I'm being sliced and diced, I trust you, God. They trust him. And my question to you and I today is we're growing up in a time of unrest. We're going to grow up in a time, my kids and all of us are growing up now in a time when I believe we're going to face persecution. We are facing persecution. And listen, it's going to get a lot worse I'm not trying to preach doom and gloom, but I'm trying to share with you that you and I must come to a place in our lives where we're saying, God, I trust you. I trust your plan of salvation. I trust you with my future. I trust you with my career. I trust you wherever I'm at in life. I trust you no matter what, that you're going to take care of me. And Lord, even in the moment of death, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. You see, those are the people. Those are the ones that are going to hear the words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because you have been faithful in these things. You trusted me. You trusted me at the worst. You trusted me in your temptation. You trusted me when you were going through a battle. You trusted me in your sickness. You trusted me. You trusted me. You trusted me. Even when you were at the point of death, you trusted me. And because you trusted me, I want you to know that you can enter into the joys of my salvation. And I'm telling you, that's where I want to be as a Christian. That's where I want to be as a believer. Lord, I'm going to fully surrender. I want to fully surrender my heart and my life to you. That I'm going to trust you no matter what. I'm going to trust you wherever that may take me. And I'm not going to presume upon your goodness. I'm not going to go unless you tell me to go. I'm not going to do unless you tell me to do. I'm only going to be obedient to what you're saying. That's where God 
wants to take you. But it's there. It's there that you will have perfect peace. Isaiah said this in Isaiah, the 26th chapter, and verse 3. I'm going to read this as the last scripture. I can quote it to you. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord. The Lord is the rock eternal. I want to be at a place in my life. I want you to be at a place in your life where you never presume on the goodness of God but that you walk in obedience. True faith, true faith and true trust in God walks in obedience knowing that God is going to provide knowing that God is going to take care of me I want to challenge are you there today maybe you're like me and you've missed it maybe you're like me and you think God I just I haven't fully trusted you at every moment in my life but you know what I'm sorry and God from this point on it's not a matter of self control It's not a matter of doing better. I'm just going to develop my relationship with you so that I can know that I can trust you no matter what. I can trust you when the bank account says zero. I can trust you when I'm lonely. I can trust you even when I face death. I can trust you. Would you stand with me today? My challenge to you is for you and I not to be doing our own thing, but for you and I to be totally surrendered to what He wants to do in our lives and what He wants to do through us. God wants you to change your world. God wants you to be an influencer. God wants you to be the salt and the light. And God says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God wants you to make a difference in the world in which you live. But you can only do that and have God's provision if you walk in obedience. So I want to challenge you. Would you surrender your heart to the Lord today? Maybe you know Christ is your Savior. But yet there's that struggle. I want to challenge you. Lay that struggle on the altar. Lay it on the altar today. Lord, I turn this job, I turn this future, I turn this relationship, I turn it all over to you today. And I'm trusting as I walk in obedience to you that you're going to minister to every need in my life. I'm trusting you today. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I know this message is not one of those you jump up and shout about. But God, I believe that if we can really get this, if we can comprehend this, Lord, and we can apply this to our heart, and then we get to the place, Lord, that we can say, Lord, I trust you no matter what. 
I've got full confidence in you, God, that you will meet every need, that you will provide for whatever I need, God, that you will attend to my need. You will uh, minister, send your angels to minister to me as you did to Jesus, even at the point of death. God, even at the point of death. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. You empowered Jesus to be able to face it. And you will empower us to do the same. But God, I take, I pray today, God, help me, help us as a church to be fully surrendered to you today. God, help us to never take matters into our own hands. Help us to walk in obedience to you and not to, not to lean or slip into this clever temptation trying to resume upon you but God I pray help us to walk in obedience God we sing this song to you today as a declaration this altar's open today and if you'd like to come and pray it's between you and God we're going to sing this song and I love this song and I want us to sing it as our a decoration Derek Thanks for listening to the St. Mary's Church Podcast. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today or have more questions about following Jesus, we have pastors who want to talk with you. Connect with us at stmaryschurch.net or through social media on Facebook or Instagram. We can't wait to hear what Jesus is doing in you.